Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. Bob Bodily, welcome to the Ordinals Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Ragnar. Uh, it was really fun to meet you in Miami and, uh, you know, happy to happy to chat again. Yeah, I appreciated you coming to the conference and speaking on the panel. Um, I really enjoyed having you there because you were able to speak on a variety of topics, um, innovative stuff, but also just sort of practical things. I really appreciate your skepticism, but also openness to everything going on with ordinals. It's hard to be both a critical thinker and positive at the same time. It's easier just to be a, a skeptic. Or a, or a pumper. So I really appreciate you finding that balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I really try to do is uh, pull apart a technology and look at the like key affordances. You know, what does the technology give us that we can't get anywhere else? So yeah, thank you. Yeah, that, that, that's how I would characterize exactly what you do. But, you know, you sort of came out of nowhere, at least I didn't know you prior to ordinals. Um, what were you doing before ordinals came out, I guess. And what are you working on full-time right now? Yeah, so uh, I've been doing a whole bunch of different things. Uh, most recently, I've been building for the past couple of years on a blockchain called the Internet Computer Protocol. That's ICP. Uh, it's a top 30 crypto token. And ICP is trying to be the decentralized web services blockchain. So if you think about like Amazon Web Services, Amazon Web Services, they provide storage, compute, and hosting mm -hmm. all in a centralized fashion. ICP is trying to do decentralized uh, compute, storage, and hosting. That means that you can do, you know, you can host your front end on ICP. You can host your back end on ICP. You can host your assets on ICP. Um, you know, it's it's made different scaling trade-offs than, than Bitcoin or Ethereum so far uh, to try to enable web speed at scale. And so... Uh, I am the CEO and co-founder of Tonic. Tonic is the kind of company behind Bionic. Bionic is our Ordinals marketplace that we're working on. And we also have the largest NFT marketplace on ICP right now. So we've been building a whole bunch of tech on ICP. We have wallet, we have marketplace, we have other kinds of protocols that we've been building. And <clears throat> recently they have pushed out a couple interesting uh, integrations with Bitcoin directly at the protocol level um, on ICP. So you can actually sign Bitcoin transactions from an ICP smart contract, meaning the smart contract itself can create and sign and broadcast the, the uh, Bitcoin transaction. Uh, and beyond that, uh, you know, on Stacks, there's like a SBTC coming pretty soon, uh, Q3, Q4. I've uh, been seeing a couple, you know, alpha hints at it lately on on Twitter, which is fun. Uh, there's an SBTC analog on the internet computer called CKBTC. Uh, that's the wrapped Bitcoin on ICP. And so between those two, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of work on ICP. And uh, I think it was February 6th. I decided I'd seen enough already on in, in the Ordinals ecosystem to know it was going to be absolutely massive. And, you know, we just had a lot of synergies in that direction. And so we did a pretty, I'd call it a pivot. Um, you know, almost all of our resources now are on the Ordinals ecosystem. Wow, that's great. So you've been working in crypto for a while, it sounds like on a different blockchain. So in, in summary, what is like the advantage of using ICP 
in regards to ordinals? Like, why would I, as a user, want to get involved with ICP type transactions? Yeah, so there are some kind of more foundational technical answers to that question. And then there's there are a few answers more specific to Bionic. We're building Bionic on ICP because it's a ICP is a Bitcoin sidechain. Uh, sidechain meaning separate blockchain, meaning you take your Bitcoin and you wrap it into the sidechain. You take your ordinals and you wrap them into the sidechain. The benefit of the sidechain is there are no network fees and no gas fees on, on ICP. Uh, and it's fast, like two to five second finality. On, on Bitcoin, you get probabilistic finality. So anywhere between I don't know, 10 minutes and 120 minutes, you know, you'll you'll get finality on your transaction. On ICP, it's always two to five seconds and it's done, you know, final, final. And then we're we're also able to build a really nice user experience on ICP hmm. because you don't need any kind of like native token to pay network or gas fees. You can do tokenless interactions. So the user experience is really, really nice. Even the wrapping experience, you don't need any special token to wrap your Bitcoin onto Bionic, for example. Mm. You just need Bitcoin. You come with Bitcoin, you convert it to, to the wrapped Bitcoin and you're done. You don't need a, a, a third token to pay fees. So we're trying to 10X the user experience, uh, make it really, really fast and no network or gas fees and combine those all together. And we're really trying to target like the Robinhood users or the Coinbase users or the Binance users. Like let's, let's bring everyone to the Ordinals ecosystem. Mm. Interesting. So what are the trade-offs? Yeah. <clears throat> Trade-offs, I mean, you're you're bridging to another chain. So you have, you know, you've you you have additional trust assumptions now on the ICP side. Uh so you should know, you know, how ICP works. You should know the the subnet architecture of ICP, what the consensus model is. Um, all of the tech is really good, but you are adding additional trust assumptions on top of Bitcoin itself. Um, so that's the main trade-off is you're just adding adding another chain. Yeah, obviously I come from a Stacks background and I think we've talked a little bit about Stacks and Twitter DMs, I think. Um, so I, yep. I, this is very interesting conversation with ICP and learning about that and the trade-offs and the pros and cons. There is some overlap, it seems like, in terms of benefits, yep. pros and cons. And I think that's maybe true of any, I don't know if you want to call it, well, it's a separate blockchain, it's a layer two, kind of, kind of gets a little murky yep. depending on who you're talking to. But either way, it's not like yep. Bitcoin, the main chain. Yeah, I mean, this is a very fascinating um, conversation about this particular topic, and it's sort of um, a little controversial. There are definitely people who say you never need to go off the Bitcoin main chain, and we're way too early to even think about going off the Bitcoin main chain. And I disagree with that. If you just look at the fees, if you look at the speed, if you look at the some lack of programmability, that I think I know how you can do on Stacks, ICP, obviously I'm not as familiar with, but Stacks, I know all the great things that you can do with trade-offs, obviously yep. with trade-offs. Do you think we're too early to move over to like an ICP or Stacks or, or are we ready now and why? Yeah, I think one of the really interesting things about ordinals, the ordinals ecosystem has shown us that people want to do more on Bitcoin. We see the BRC twenties and the BRC seven twenty ones and the, you know, all the variants. I think we're up to like ten or fifteen or more of these protocols. And really, you do a meta protocol. I call these all meta protocols. They use Bitcoin as like the the messaging layer, and then they have indexers that sit on top of a Bitcoin node to to then like index your messages and give you state. 
I think meta protocols, the, the whole purpose is to make the base chain more programmable, uh, to, to let you do more with, with the base chain. And so my takeaway from, from the explosion of ordinals and of, of the ordinals ecosystem is that people want Bitcoin to do more. People trust Bitcoin. It's the most decentralized, secure, reliable blockchain, perhaps. And people want that kind of, uh, you know, the they want the security guarantees. They want the decentralization of Bitcoin, but they also want Bitcoin to do more. And so I think there are a couple of scaling possibilities moving forward on Bitcoin. We could add a couple opcodes and we could just add rollups to Bitcoin directly, you know, like what John Light uh, did with his research. And I think that's an interesting path forward because then all these meta protocols become layer twos, uh, which is crazy and, and interesting. Another path is uh, there's something called a, I've been calling it a zero knowledge meta protocol. It's like a sovereign rollup. So it's like a self verification rollup. So everyone runs their own light client in the browser. And then you don't have to trust an indexer because you can verify whether it's correct or not using um, just verification client side. And then the third path is, well, let's just use side chains. You know, you can bridge in and bridge out and we can, you know, scale with side chains. And then maybe there are some other layer twos. I know Lightning has some scaling problems, but I think generally those are kind of our, our uh, potential solutions to scale Bitcoin. Uh, since Ordinals has started, we've seen a couple spikes in fees. We had the initial BRC20 wave uh, where, you know, really, really high network fees. And since then, we've had a couple a couple additional pumps. So I don't think it's too early to start experimenting. I think we need to, that's, that's one of the beauties of Ordinals is all of the developers come together and we're just experimenting in interesting ways on Bitcoin. And um, I don't know that we know what the right solution is right now. I mean, there are different trade-offs and different people doing different things. And I think we all just need to build and try new things and then see how it works, what the trade-offs are, whether we're okay with the, whether we're, we're okay with different trade-offs and then what benefits those technology solutions give us, give yeah. us. So. Absolutely. I'm in complete agreement with you that we're not too early. We need to experiment now we're just beginning i mean it's what are we it's june so six months in seven or eight depending on how you count it i have to count yep. it from december but yeah absolutely and when people think scaling they just think of fees but it's so much more than that like programmability is something you touched on and i like that you're not just like a computer scientist like software guy but you're an entrepreneur you have a business you have a company you have applications and so i think i i really like talking to builders because they have to be practical Yet they also yep. have to know the tech, but they also have users. And so you kind of, I think, have a, like a 360 view of things. And like for me with Trajan, our reputation app on Stacks, there's a big benefit to using Stacks NFTs and to using SBTC, which will come out. But right now, for yep. example, a very simple thing people don't realize is that reputation. You can't really do reputation on Bitcoin layer one. I mean, I paid a really smart Bitcoin dev who's... I won't say who he is, but a lot of people know who he is. Very, very intelligent. And basically I said, hey, figure out how to do identity on Bitcoin layer one. And he came up with solutions, but they are inferior to doing it on Stacks because we connect non-transferable NFTs to the Bitcoin naming system on Stacks, BNS. 
And yep. so you simply can't do that on layer one. So people think it's it's not just about fees and it's only not even about speed, but it's about basic programmability and reputation is so important. Yep. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think um, on on the programmability side, the the one thing I'll say that I'm I'm excited about on the ICP side is I have a friend, uh, a friend's company who they're building CDKs so people can write smart contracts in new languages. Um, the ICP backend is Wasm based, so anything that can compile down to Wasm can be used as a programming language. So that means that you can use Python to write smart contracts on ICP, and you can use TypeScript to write smart contracts on ICP, and you can use Rust. And so you you have like a full Turing complete um, backend um, environment on ICP. So you can have uh, basically as much programmability as you need, um, which makes sense because that's that's what ICP is going for. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to be the decentralized web services. And so you need a fully featured uh, backend compute environment. Are there other ICP developers and applications also work on ordinals? I mean, I imagine you can't be the only one. And if so, what are they, what are they doing as well? Yeah. Yeah. So there are multiple groups, uh, at, at tonic, we're building bionic, uh, which is our or, or, ordinals marketplace. It'll have a built-in wallet. We, we have an explorer that's live right now at bionic.io. And then apart from us, there's the Astro X team. Astro X team is building me wallet. Me Wallet is their wallet solution. It's a cross-chain wallet, and they're also building a lot of tech on the ordinal side. And then there are a couple of other developers as well that I've talked to. Um, some creators who have jumped over into the ordinal space and have done really well, and others um, who are just starting to think about, you know, how can we how can we make Bitcoin better with ICP? Essentially, mm -hmm. is is kind of our 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 goal right now. I like it. It's so interesting how people come from different blockchains and different perspectives on ordinals. I've never seen anything like it in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when we had counterparty, when we had like lightning, nothing ever brought people from other blockchains. I mean, that speaks to, I think some of it is just the excitement of doing stuff on Bitcoin. And some of it is quite frankly, a financial opportunity. But in general, I mean, it's it's brought a whole new blood of infusion. I don't know what if you were deep in Bitcoin before or were you ever turned off by Bitcoin? Like, let's tell me where you were. Tell me your opinion of Bitcoin in November of last year. Yeah, so I think that uh, since probably 2017, I've been, you know, casually following crypto. I think uh, I, I kind of view blockchains in kind of three main stages. You have like stage one, which is Bitcoin, essentially proof of work, very decentralized uh, store of value, medium of exchange, um, very, very, you know, robust. Uh, you know, that's that's like uh, the the Bitcoin stage. The next stage is you have blockchains like Ethereum that have made trade offs in order to enable different uh, different fu functionality. So now we have proof of stake, we have EIP 1559, we have burning, we have, you know, a different kind of issuance model. Um, and they're pushing on layer twos and rollups a, a lot harder than, than we are on Bitcoin. Um, and I, so I, I view that as kind of like a stage two. And then the stage three is like, uh, making additional trade-offs to have even more programmability, even more scale, even more speed. 
And so those are blockchains like ICP, for example. I mean, there there are others that that I could name. Um, and so I kind of view blockchains as this kind of progression. And I think if Bitcoin wants to scale, it's going to have to make some trade-offs. For example, if if we want rollups on Bitcoin, if we want Bitcoin itself to verify validity proofs, we have to add a couple opcodes to Bitcoin. And adding those opcodes is going to make Bitcoin more programmable, which is going to add additional security risks. It's going to add, you know, it's going to be harder to estimate your gas prices or your network fees because now you have to do more compute inside of a transaction. And so I think if Bitcoin wants to scale, it's going to have to make trade-offs just like Ethereum made trade-offs. I'm not saying that Bitcoin becomes Ethereum, but if we push it hard enough, you know, it could make a lot of the same trade-offs that, that Ethereum made in order to scale. Uh, similarly, if we start pushing Ethereum really, really hard on, on the scaling side, you're going to start to get to solutions that look more and more like ICP. ICP has a nice sharded architecture, sharded into subnets. Uh, most subnets are kind of like separate blockchains, but on ICP, I'll call them native subnets. Native subnets, meaning they all use the same token. They're all part of the same blockchain. They can talk to each other. Um, and, you know, Ethereum has been talking about sharding for a long time. And so I think this is generally how, how I've been viewing blockchain, you know, since 2017 is you have a technological spectrum and different blockchains making different trade-offs to achieve different outcomes. And I think that before, you know, earlier I was thinking, you know, maybe there is one chain to rule them all. Maybe there is a chain that can just pull off all the right trade-offs and, um, you know, scale uh, perfectly, you know, solve the blockchain trilemma and, uh, you know, silver bullet solution. But, uh, you know, that was perhaps a bit too I idealistic. Um, my current thesis is every blockchain will do something Every blockchain that will continue to to succeed is going to be really good at whatever it does, well, whatever its use case is. And I don't think that it's mutually exclusive. I think like uh, you know, if we use IC, uh, if we use ICP to make Bitcoin better, I think that's great. You know, leverage ICP for what it's good at, leverage Bitcoin for what it's good at. Or in in the Stacks case, you know, let's use Bitcoin for what it's good at, but let's use Stacks for what it's really good at. And maybe there's some combination where Bitcoin and Stacks and ICP can all coexist in harmony, where we leverage them for what they are just really, really good at, and we don't end up with some you know crazy monolithic silver bullet blockchain. Uh, to, yeah. to rule them all. <laughs> I totally agree. I think I see sort of Bitcoin blockchain is like uh, Amazon rainforest, right? You want a kind of a complex ecosystem with different layers. And, you know, the base layer of the Amazon is like the soil and the sun. And then you have different things that can grow up in that. And I was never, I was Bitcoin only since 2011, up until about a year ago or two years ago, I guess, really with Monero first, because I love Monero. And then right after Monero, I started getting into stacks just because I was looking for a solution for Trajan that I couldn't build on Bitcoin layer one. Yep. So for me, I got into it because of utility and you talked about the trade-offs and different things. So yeah, and I think it's dangerous to have one blockchain to rule them all. I just think it's too big of a target. Yep. And going yep. back to what you were saying about the opcodes, you know, what's tough about opcodes or anything in Bitcoin is it's hard to change. And now that we've seen just a very simple upgrade, right? Taproot. Taproot was like so uncontroversial, so 
it just it was seemed like such a no brainer almost, but it took a long time to get um, adopted. And then look what happened. Ordinals. And so if you hate ordinals, you're like, well, let's never upgrade Bitcoin ever again. And any change isn't an upgrade. It's just a, a threat vector. So I, I see um, Bitcoin ossifying. I don't see there's going to be a lot of changes. And if that's the case, that's actually what I want. Some people don't, but I actually want it to completely ossify. I want absolute security and I kind of don't want anything else from Bitcoin, just absolute security, because then these other things can settle on Bitcoin. We can do these other experiments. So, and I think more yeah. and more people are coming around to that. Yeah. Yep. You know, that basic, basic idea. And I think progress, we could do experiments on these other chains and then see what we can do. So I think innovation is going to happen. I think it's good to see these, these guys and girls focusing on the core protocol and pushing it to its max, but we've seen things break. And I want to ask you about like indexers. Cause like you said something that I liked, which was, um, something around not using an indexer to do something. And instead it did, did this in a way, I can't remember now, but ordinals is an indexer in a way, like the ordinal theory. And that is an inherent centralized weakness, right? You're doing things we've been yes. indexed versus a smart contract. And so I had this yep. debate with myself and other people, like, can we get away from indexers? So maybe you can talk about that in terms of these meta protocols, as you call them, these layer yep. twos. What are the trade-offs yep. of these indexers? And when can we avoid indexers, which is always my big question. Can we do this without an index indexer? Yep. Yeah. So one of the big downsides of meta protocols is they don't inherit the crypto economic security of the underlying chain. What that means is Bitcoin, uh, if, if you're a miner, you're going to be compensated for, for being a miner. There's actually a protocol incentive that you're going to be paid for being an honest participant in the network. Similarly, on other proof of work or proof of stake chains. Uh, for a meta protocol, there's no incentive to run a meta protocol indexer other than maybe your own business uh, self self-interests. So, uh, so far, what we're seeing is wallets and marketplaces are incentivized to run indexers because they need them to support their core business. But otherwise, I don't see anyone just spinning up a ordinals indexer or a BRC20 indexer just because they want to decentralize the meta protocol. And so you lose that incentive and it's actually a really hard problem, uh, might not be solvable in, in a good way. Um, and so this is a centralizing force for meta protocols where now you have this trusted layer in everything that we do. Uh, if you look at BRC20 right now, we're basically just trusting Unisat uh, as, as kind of the, you know, the core hub of, of the BRC20 ecosystem. And that element of trust doesn't really exist on Bitcoin. You know, B Bitcoin is a trustless, permissionless network, but now we're tacking these meta protocols on top and adding centralized layers of trust. So that's the problem. And it is a problem. Uh, you know, if you want something as robust and decentralized as Bitcoin, uh, we're going to need to solve this problem. So I think there are a couple of interesting solutions. The best solutions I've found, I might discuss three different solutions to, to this problem. And I think they're all pretty equal in terms of robustness and decentralization, uh, roughly. Um, okay, the first solution is let's just upgrade Bitcoin so it can verify validity proofs. Then all of these indexers now, we don't mind that they're off-chain because they post a proof to Bitcoin and Bitcoin itself can verify the proof. 
This means they turn into layer twos. Layer twos inherit the security of the underlying chain. And because Bitcoin itself is verifying the proofs, you now inherit the security of Bitcoin in your indexer meta protocol. So this solves the problem because you don't have to trust an indexer anymore because Bitcoin is essentially verifying whether the proof was done correctly. Who cares where the proof was done? It's just, was it done? Yes. Was it done correctly? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so that's one, one solution. It does require a Bitcoin upgrade, which is painful. Uh, and not everyone is going to like that. And maybe it results in some kind of opcode war. You know, we had the block size wars. Maybe there's an opcode war. I don't know. Uh, so that's one solution. The second solution is we could use something called, a, I'm calling them ZK meta protocols. No one calls them ZK meta protocols, but that's because no one's really talking about this right now. But there's a company called Sovereign Labs and mm -hmm. Sovereign Labs is building sovereign roll-up solutions. The way that it works, and I mentioned this previously, is as a user, you run in your browser essentially a light client. So you have all of the block headers, um, all of the block hashes, I mean, and when you ping an indexer to get state, the indexer will pass you state along with a proof. And that proof you can take and you can verify that the proof is correct using the data that you have yourself locally. And it should be really, really fast to do. And doing something like this, now you don't have to trust the indexer anymore because the indexer is passing a proof. And as long as the proof is correct, then you know that the data that they have is correct and that the computations that they did is correct and everything is correct. So that also removes that layer of centralization. Um, so I'm calling those ZK meta protocols, which are pretty cool. Uh, no one's done it yet. Sovereign Labs doesn't even have a Bitcoin client. Is uh, Sovereign yet, Labs on Rootstock? Is that where they are? I don't think so. I think I think there oh. might be multiple Sovereign Labs. Okay, yeah. Um, but they're building, I think, Ethereum and Celestia, I think, are the mm -hmm. two um, chains that they're building for. So those are the first two potential solutions. The third one is let's take a smart contract-based blockchain and let's run an indexer on that blockchain. Mm -hmm. So I think ICP is a great candidate for this because of all of the kind of powerful functionality ICP offers. And so I'm pushing for and, and running an initiative right now to build a decentralized ordinals indexer on ICP. What this would look like is you would have a single smart contract on ICP. Um, smart contracts on ICP can make HTTP calls. So you could make calls directly to some whether you want to use uh, the mempool.space API or whether you want to run your own node, uh, but it, you could grab grab block data, uh, you could verify, um, and then you could index ordinals directly. Um, you can also build an API directly into a smart smart contract, like an HTTP API. So you could have just you know API endpoints that you spin up. So I think you could build a fully decentralized ordinals indexer on ICP using you know, ICP smart contracts. And the benefit there is it can be DAO controlled if we wanted. So you could have, you know, give everyone, whoever owns an ordinal gets a vote and you can go and vote and decide when we push protocol upgrades. So now we have, you know, like DAO governance built in as well, where you can't actually even upgrade the indexer until everyone has voted and passed a proposal, for example. And then it could push and it could upgrade the indexer. So the, the, the benefit of running it on ICP is you have better control over who can change the code uh, whether or, or whether anyone can change the code. It can directly grab blocks from Bitcoin and could index 
index ordinals. I mean, we could have a decentralized BRC20 indexer. It could be really easy, in fact, to spin up additional indexers and additional smart contracts around that. So I think those are the three main solutions that will solve this centralized indexer problem. Yeah, that third one is interesting. I like the idea of smart contracts, obviously with Stacks. I'm familiar with how those work, at least there. ICP, yep. I need to do my homework. But anything to add, geez, anything to add any sort of security to these indexers, anything to add kind of standardization, um, yep. I think I think we should encourage. So that's interesting. I, I hope it, you know, it progresses and, and um, people can understand exactly how it works, learn about these other blockchains like ICP. Because I, I just, uh, you know, people are going to lose money now. No one has really lost that much money yet in ordinals as far as we know. People don't always like to share when they've lost money. Yeah. But yeah. I see whether it's BRC or these other things, I just, I can't imagine this much money floating around with what I see is a lot of fragility and centralization that something is going to blow up. I hope to be wrong, but do you see any danger of these meta protocols blowing up in some way? And if so, how would that happen, whether it's BRC or just anything else you're seeing out there? Yeah, I, th I think we've seen a couple examples of this, although it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. The first one is the centralized exchanges adopting BRC20s. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were spinning up, they were allowing deposit and withdrawal, and I don't think they even understood how the BRC20 protocol worked. And so I don't know how how those uh, centralized exchanges were working. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that someone lost money in there somewhere, but it wasn't as big of a scandal as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some huge explosion, but uh, ended up not, not being too bad. At least it never came out publicly. Um, and we still might see something there. The other one is we've seen a lot of speculation based on the ORD GitHub. And people going in, seeing early PRs, seeing a business opportunity, there, there, there is this tendency in the Ordinals ecosystem to hype up the new thing. Uh, initially, it was all like super sound technical. Um, uh, I don't even want to say speculation because super sound technical is kind of the juxtaposition. Yeah, but, but that was the first thing that people could talk about and say, wow, isn't this amazing? Yeah. And so like all of these new things started coming out and people found ways to capitalize on those moments, whether it was recursion or cursed or, uh, I mean, parent child coming or uh, whatever it is. And so there have been some instances where people have done crazy things that were a bit premature and we haven't seen it materialize the way, the way that they thought it would. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've we've definitely have seen plenty of opportunities where something like this could happen, but nothing nothing too catastrophic yet, I don't think. Yeah, that's all good news. And maybe because there are smart people who are experimenting, but they're smart enough to sort of not do the worst job possible. And they're, I mean, you know, blockchain, Bitcoin's been around for a while now, so we kind of know some of the threat vectors, or maybe we've just gotten lucky either way. You know, it's funny that you bring up like recursion and, and curse inscriptions because I see it as like branding. It's so funny. Like, like you know, um, this is sort of yeah. a weird parallel, but you know, like tiny houses, tiny homes, that those used to be called trailer parks and trailer homes. And then curse inscriptions, yeah. it's like mixed, mixed indexed or unindexed. Well, let's call those curse inscriptions. It's so funny to see how, yeah. how these sort of, I don't want to call them mistakes, but let's call them something or actually like, oh, it makes it more rare. 
And I don't know if that's like the brilliance of the idea that something can have um, a limited supply. So it has value or, or if this is just too much of a hot market for people to realize, wait, that was a mistake. I'm not buying your mistake and I'm not going to purpose, you know, so it's kind of a weird thing how mistakes can be considered valuable. Yes. I think also, I think Casey has, Casey Rottermore has a knack for uh, marketing changes. Uh, if you think about cursed inscriptions, it just sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't want to curse some inscriptions? Uh, you know, cursed has a nice like lore feeling to it in terms of like, you know, NFT projects. Um, even with recursion, recursive inscriptions has gotten a ton of hype. Uh, you know, it's been all all the rage and it was like a three-line change to the Ord repo. It was like they added self and they added, you know, data or content and they added those to the CSP headers, the the, the content security policy headers, and, and that was it. A three-line change and it's being touted as one of like the greatest, like I've seen people say, Recursion is like the greatest innovation since Ordinals started itself. Remind me, who um, did that? Who made that change? Uh, so it, it was just Raph. Raph oh, and, just Raph, uh, yeah. Raph and Casey were talking and they were like, oh yeah, it would be cool for inscriptions to reference other inscriptions. Like this is going to be really awesome. Three line change, super easy, pushed it out. And people are lauding it as like the greatest technical achievement of, of mankind or something like that. Uh, which it is awesome, but... Uh, you know, thinking about it as recursive, like I've seen pictures of the mempool with like, you know, a hundred, like, like a send mini, like a hundred inputs, a hundred outputs. And people are saying, oh, this is recursion. And I'm like, you know, you don't really understand yeah. recursion. You're just jumping on the hype train, um, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how um, this speculation actually does drive innovation in a way because Otherwise, this would just be academic, right? Like recursive inscription would be sort of academic. And these other, I don't want to call them mistakes or experimentations would be academic. And that's something that has really worn me out in Bitcoin previously was these academic exercises to a certain extent. I still think lightning is sort of academic. Um, There's some other things out there that I think aren't like really impactful. But the way that inscriptions are, it's something that someone can buy. Therefore, a mistake or an experiment, therefore, has a value, which... On Bitcoin, we haven't seen before. I know other blockchains we have. So it's actually kind of good, I think, to see money infused into Bitcoin because the lack of money in Bitcoin itself has been a problem despite the value of obviously yep. Bitcoin itself. So it's, this is a whole new world for Bitcoin. And and I, I'm actually pretty happy with how it's going. I mean, what's your overall feeling right now? End of June, 2023, last six months. What's your, your broad feeling about the development of the core protocol itself? Are we in good hands or are we getting off the rails a bit? Yeah, I mean, RAF, Casey, Ordinally are all doing a fantastic job. Um, I don't know that anyone is moving fast enough for anyone else. I think everyone's kind of chomping at the bit, wanting to push push boundaries and move faster. Um, uh, but uh, I think we have all of the necessary components for like a really solid ecosystem. Uh, we have a technical layer, you know, really smart developers interested in building, uh, not just building at the application layer, but building more at the meta protocol layer, at the protocol layer. Uh, people pushing boundaries on the actual Ordinals protocol itself. 
um, people building other indexers. Um, I know that there are people building ordinals indexers in other languages. So we have some client diversity. Uh, we have multiple implementations uh, where people aren't just forking ORD. They're actually uh, adding their own customizations in. They're actually making changes. Um, I know the ordinals protocol itself has probably 10 categories of cursed inscriptions right now. These are kind of edge cases that weren't originally uh, thought of, thought about when, when the ordinals protocol was created. Uh, and so I, I actually think cursed inscriptions or negative number is actually a pretty elegant solution while the protocol matures. Uh, because if you didn't do something like that, you know, at first I thought, well, let's just re-index from the beginning. Like whatever mm -hmm. the blockchain says should be the truth. Uh, but that's only the case when you have a clear definition of what the protocol is. If you don't have a clear definition of what the protocol is, then nobody knows what their numbers are and the numbers are going to change all the time. And so to prevent that, they have the negative numbers that are in flux all the time. And then, you know, once once each individual use case gets kind of blessed uh, is, is, is the word they're using, then they can start adding on to the positive side. So I think that's actually a really elegant solution while the protocol matures. And I think we will see a lot of protocol uh, I was going to say the noun version of mature. What is it? Maturation? That feels like a weird word to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, mature can be a noun. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Grown up. I, I think we'll see a lot of maturing in the protocol over the next couple months as we kind of knock out all of these different edge cases, as we handle re-inscription, um, and as we handle recursion and, and the other cursed cursed categories. So uh, I, I think we're in a really good place. Uh, we have builders. We have we've seen a lot of speculation on the on the uh, you know crypto side of things. People coming in, big wallets coming in, um, getting a lot of traction from other ecosystems. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about is Bitcoin is for builders again. Uh, in the last you know eight months or whatever, we've seen more experimentation, interest, and uh, on on Bitcoin than we have in the last year or two, and I think that's really really exciting. And you know, you you really want developers to come over and experiment and actually be able to build interesting solutions. So, I think the the, the next thing that I'm looking for in the Ordinals ecosystem is like who who is building kind of who is taking advantage of the unique affordances of Bitcoin and Ordinals. Mm -hmm in a way where they're building for, you know, the next five years. They're not just like, I don't know, slapping something on Bitcoin, trying to see if it sticks and make a couple bucks, but they're actually trying to build, uh, build, build, build for the future, leveraging the, the unique aspects of Bitcoin. I like that. That's exactly what I look for too. Anything that leverages Bitcoin's unique tech, you know, technical characters, parameters, but also its spirit as well, when it comes to sort of artistic things. I like what you said about Bitcoin being for builders again. And I think what's great about that, it's just not technical builders, like artistic builders, application builders yep. like myself. I'm not a software engineer, but I can still build a few things, minor things, and I can contribute to that in certain ways. So it's kind of a, it's the broadest tent Bitcoin has ever had, I would say. And so yes. because of that, I think Bitcoin, so to uh, your summarize it, basically you think that Bitcoin ordinals is in good hands. I agree with you. And yeah. I think that's for several reasons, partly is all the talent that's coming in. And despite the speculation, sort of the, some of the nonsense, the fact is we've, we've got, I mean, 
you're a great developer, but also entrepreneur. You're a seasoned guy, it sounds like. So this isn't your first rodeo of seeing what works and what doesn't work. So I'm like you. I think I'm very confident in where we are with, with ordinals and the state of things, most definitely. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Really excited uh, to see where we go. Yeah. Um, so what are you working on next? So obviously you have the, the marketplace. Is that your core focus right now? Yeah, core focus. It's it's been, you know, we're we're obviously a bit behind on on the marketplace side. You know, we already have what eight, nine, ten different uh, ordinals marketplaces. Uh, it's been a little bit more challenging for us because we're essentially building uh, Emblem Vault type functionality because we have to do wrapping over to another chain. Emblem Vault goes to Ethereum and we go to ICP. So Emblem Vault type functionality plus we're building the marketplace type functionality. And because we do wrapping, we have to have a wallet that supports both sides. Uh, so the wallet needs to support Bitcoin and ordinals on the Bitcoin side, but also Bitcoin and ordinals on the ICP side. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're essentially building a marketplace product and a wallet product and a wrapper product, which is like, you know, Emblem Vault plus Xverse plus Magic Eden, you know, all all together, which is a lot of tech to build in a, in a good secure way. So, you know, we're, we're taking our time. Uh, I mean, not, not taking our time, you know, we're, we're working long, long hours trying, trying to get this out. Um, but it is, it is a lot of tech to build and we want to make sure that we don't sacrifice security or, or user experience at all as, as we're building this. And so, uh, yeah, you know, marketplace coming, Soon, uh, we're doing end-to-end -end testing uh, last week and this week, uh, and things are looking really good. So, you know, we're we're getting closer to launch, uh, and then we have a whole bunch of additional ideas for products that can make Bitcoin better as well. Uh, on, you know, whether it's this decentralized ordinals indexer, or we have like a launch pad proof of concept uh, that I think is going to be really nice for creators. Um, and so, yeah, uh, lots of lots of interesting ideas. That's good to hear. It sounds like you're going at the right pace. I mean, you can only work as fast as you can work. And then, um, you know, as things go so fast, like it's a good thing you didn't build everything in February. Like, let's say you had a team of 50 guys and girls who could all of a sudden build what you wanted to. Well, maybe you would have built the wrong thing because it just would have been too early. I don't know. Yeah. So, so yeah. in a way that that timing is right. Well, before we close out, I want to ask you something kind of specific about inscription. So we've talked about, you know, indexers and marketplaces and meta protocols and the core protocol and, and ICP and stacks and everything else, but ultimately ordinals are inscriptions. So do you have favorite inscriptions? Do you buy and trade inscriptions or is it just, what is our inscriptions for you? Why do they matter to you? What do you like in inscriptions themselves? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, most of my answers go back to the tech just because that's that that's what I like. Uh, I think Bitcoin has been like if 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 you just look at ordinals from a from a tech point of view, one of the things they've done really well is a pay once store forever storage model. Uh, I think other people have tried to do that. I think Arweave has a perma storage option, but it it, it relies on their tokenomics. Um, I think other people like maybe IPFS, if you pin it yourself, you know, host it and pin it yourself, you could have storage. Uh, but I don't know that anyone has offered a pay once store forever model that is as robust and decentralized and secure 
as what Bitcoin offers with ordinals and inscriptions. And so being able to pay once and store something for the foreseeable future on, you know, the most decentralized database on planet Earth, I think is one of the key use cases that we haven't actually seen before anywhere. I think mm. Bitcoin does this better than anyone else mm-hmm. in the world right now. Uh, I think there could be other ways to do it. Like maybe you don't need thousands and thousands of copies of your data. Maybe you only need a hundred copies of your data. Like maybe that's sufficient. And so I, c- I could see other solutions coming up in the future, but I think that's one of the key advantages for inscriptions is there the, the promise for durability and permanence. Mm. And so when I look at inscriptions, uh, when I look at projects, when I look at people that I want to align with, I'm mostly looking at, you know, who's, who is technically savvy, who's pushing the boundaries on the technical side and who has like a counterpart on the marketing growth, uh, maybe even like social good side, like how are we going to like two, two sides to the, to the same coin where you have technical brilliance and you have like, how do you tell the story? How do you market the products? How do you, uh, use the technology for good in the world? And so the best example of this is probably on-chain monkey on-chain monkey. Uh, Danny has been, you know, absolutely killing it on the technical side. Um, and then I don't know if you know, Amanda, Amanda's great, uh, rock star. And then, you know, their parent company, Metagood, like they just have the right kind of core values and beliefs. And so on-chain monkey is I'm, I'm currently rocking, a, a Genesis on-chain monkey for my profile picture on Twitter. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, and that's just because I think on-chain monkey kind of has everything that I'm looking for in a community. Like I'm, I'm not looking for a quick flip here. I'm looking for a community that I can align myself with that is going to be, you know, synergistic with the building that I'm doing in the space uh, for the next five or 10 or 20 years. Um, And so, uh, you know, that's, that's one example, but there, there are others as well that I'm, that I'm excited about. Good to hear on chain monkey. Yeah. He was at the conference, spoke on the protocol panel um, it's, it's great to see him in Bitcoin and his technical innovations is called yep. business innovations as well. So it's, he's definitely someone to follow. Um, hopefully he'll join the podcast. Um, Bob, this has been a great time talking with you. I love meta protocols. I love the things we've talked about before and what you said at the conference. Um, so really happy to, to have you on here. Um, where can people find you out there on the internet? What's the best place? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Bob Bodily. And uh, you can also follow Bionic. It's Bionic with a Q at the end. Uh, Bionic Market on Twitter. And then you can check out our Explorer, currently live at bionic.io. I'm pretty responsive on Twitter. If you want to know more about ICP, if you want to know more about Bionic, just uh, shoot me a DM and I, I respond to everyone. So let me know if you have questions, comments, uh, you want to collaborate, uh, you want to know more, happy to help. Thanks for that. And I could confirm that Bob does answer Twitter DMs. I've sent him some random stuff, but he's just responded pretty well. So definitely follow Bob on Twitter and Bionic as well. I think this has been an exciting conversation. So Bob, again, thanks for coming on the Ordinals podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show. 
Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at the Ord Pod. Drop us a line at podcast at ord.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. Ordinals 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit ord.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinals podcast, produced by Ord Media. I'm gonna go get